All right, we're in Psalm 119. Now, we're going to do something that I've never done before and I may never do again. So, <laughs> it's all up to you guys. <laughs> no pressure, right? So, in Psalm 119, remember last week I mentioned about trying to read it every day, and I read it every day myself, and try to look at maybe a principle. And so, what we're going to have is uh, Clint has a mic, and we're going to do it now that there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so if you have a principle that the Lord ministered to you, you need to keep it to a minute or less. A minute or less. Get right to the principle because 22 times one minute is 22 minutes. That's half the service. Okay, so that's why I'm stressing one minute or less. And so if you want, and if you want to share additionally after that, you know, people around you will probably come up to you and say, wow, thanks for sharing that. What did you mean more in depth about that? That happens. So, so don't be afraid to share, but just keep it short and sweet. Short and sweet. And that way we'll be able to hopefully get through the whole psalm this morning. If not, we'll just carry on next week. Because it is the Word of God and we don't want to rush the Word of God. So, Psalm 119. Let's do a little overview. Because we have before us the longest psalm as well as the longest chapter in the Bible. And as we will see, whoever wrote this psalm had an intense love for the Word. That's key for you and I this morning. Almost every verse has some reference to God's spoken word, such as word, law, testimonies, precepts, statutes, commandments. Another interesting point is the writer had an intense love for the Lord, for his word, as well as for the Lord, as almost every verse has a personal pronoun in it, His, him, you, your. You see, there was a personal relationship between this author and the author of creation. And that's really important for you and I this morning. We are worshiping the God of all creation. And you are entering into this holiday season, the Christmas season. And as you already have seen, I'm sure you're getting stuff in the mail and commercials and infomercials and everything on the internet, they want the God of this world to be our God. And we have to remember, when they say happy holidays, what are we going to say? Merry Christmas. Amen. It is all about Jesus. And if we had nothing to give anyone except the free gift of salvation, that's the greatest gift in the whole world. And so we got to keep that perspective in our minds because the God of this world, the little G, the Bible says he is the God of this world, is trying to coerce us into his mentality. Now, even though we don't know who wrote this psalm, he was probably a man of influence as he makes reference to those who are in opposition to him. We're going to see that in verse 23 and verse 161, princes. And it appears that he had opportunity to speak before kings in verse 46. And as you think about who may have written it, Jeremiah is a very good possibility. Jeremiah is definitely one who had those opportunities. And this may have been written during the years in captivity, for there is no reference to the temple, the priestly ministry, nor to the temple sacrifices. It is also known as an acrostic psalm, for the writer took the Hebrew alphabet, which consists of 22 letters, and then wrote eight verses that would start with each individual letter of the alphabet. You know, here in America, how do we typically learn our alphabet? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah, simple little song. 
of just letters only. The Hebrew parents, on the other hand, would use this psalm as one of the tools to teach their children the alphabet, and as we will see, carries much more relevance than just letters. It's an incredible collection of thoughts and teachings. It not only placed the Hebrew alphabet in the minds of the children, it placed God's principles, God's principles in their heart, giving them practicality to living out their daily lives. And that's why you and I are here studying even this morning. How can we practically apply the word of God? We just don't need another study. Really, we just don't need. We need no application, practical application, spiritual application. You see, when you think of this psalm and what the writer had to work with as far as the scriptures go, it puts most within the universal church today to shame. Think about universal church. For there is a famine in the land as far as the love for the word of God. Amos was a man who was called by God to prophesy over the nation of Israel. They were in deep sin and idolatry was commonplace. Anything that you lift above God is idolatry. Just don't think of a little Buddha, a little statue, a little plaque. Anything that you place above God can become an idol. Amos called the people to repent of their evil ways, but the people refused and were carried away captive by the Assyrians roughly 40 years after his ministry. So let's look at Amos chapter 8. Amos chapter 8, at what happened then as well as what is happening today. Amos chapter 8, and it's that little book, hard to find, so that's why we always put these slides up. The team does a great job of putting them up. Amos 8. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord, which would be the word of God. And notice what the people are going to be doing. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. And even if you've been doing your daily reading, you'll remember that the word of the Lord was in the temple, and it was lost for years. Until a priest found it, blew it off, read it, read it to the other priest, and then read it to the king, and then revival took place. One of the greatest revivals in the history of Israel. It was all the word of God. And that's why you're here today. Praise God. You see, in America, there may be a famine as far as teaching the whole word of God goes. But there's still a remnant upon this earth who have a love for the whole word of God. Guys, as you know, we cannot pick and choose to substantiate our theology. We've got to read the whole word of God and allow God's word to create our theology. You see, as we study this psalm, let's apply these verses to our lives and hearts so that we might remain a part of that remnant. And this is crucial. There was always a remnant. But the remnant longed for the word of God. Not necessarily for a new building, a fancy building, the best music team in the country, uh, the best preacher, 
Just the word of God. Just teach us the word of God. We need the word of God. And as a remnant, that's what we need to stay focused on. Well, again, I want to put up the, the definition here, principle, so that we do stay focused. A fundamental truth or proposition that serves as a the foundation. The foundation. So if you are going to share a principle, hopefully you've thought about that this week, and it's not necessarily just uh, something that's addressing your life, but it's a principle of what? The basic principles of Christianity. So it's a principle for our Christianity, which can apply to anyone in this room. So if you do share, you want to make sure that you're focused on that as well, that it's a principle that everyone can apply. Well, let's look at verses 1 through 8 as we get going here. Verses 1 through 8, Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. So how does the psalmist first start off? With the word blessed, happy. Happy will the person be who walks in the word of the Lord. There's a principle right there. Happy will that person be. The undefiled in, those three Hebrew words, they mean complete, whole, entire. Complete, whole, entire. Verse 2, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. And I actually have those two words highlighted, your whole heart. See, happy will be that person who seeks after the Lord, the word of God, with their whole heart. They also do no iniquity. So notice a principle here, as we're seeking after the Lord with our whole heart, sin, we're still going to sin, but that lifestyle of sin is going to be removed out of our life. And if you're new to the faith, you might think, well, I still do this, and I still do this, and I'm still struggling with this. And that's reality. That's We've all been there, done that. And you may have a struggle for the rest of your life in certain areas. And that's why you need to cling to the word of God. But what you're going to find is you hang in there and keep just listening to the word of God, reading the word of God, meditating on the word of God, that that struggle has become less and less and less. And some areas that you're struggling maybe now are going to totally go away. You will never have an issue with that for the rest of your life. That's the word of God. That's the power of the word of God. That's not the power of positive thinking. It's the power of the word of God. And that's what we all want to stay focused on as we go through this life. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways are directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your holy commandments. When we do sin, the Holy Spirit will convict us and lead us back to the Father. Unfortunately, many in this world, and even within Christianity, are no longer sensitive. And this is reality. If you look at the church university, they're no longer sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You can't be condoning certain lifestyles and say that you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's impossible. It's just impossible. The Word of God from Genesis to Revelation is the Word of God, and certain lifestyles are never acceptable. Ever, ever, no matter what our society says. So their behavior, though, has become more and more corrupt. They've allowed the world to transform them instead of their lives transforming someone in the world. Are we ever going to transform the whole world? No. No. But we can affect maybe that one person around us because we all have a sphere of influence. Everyone in this room, everyone in this room has a sphere of influence. That might be four people, six people, eight people, ten people. That's what's meant by a sphere of influence. 
And those people may be unbelievers, they may be believers, they may be doing things that are really debauched, but you, you know, you have, you work next to them or whatever the case may be. When I was at Motorola, that was the case. You have an influence. Be that light and let them know there is a God. In verse 8, 7 and 8, I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. Notice that. I will give you praise because your judgments are right. Not self-righteousness. And it's easy for a Christian to get confused. When you hear the word righteous, you want to think of right. God, you are right. And I want to be right with you as well as right with my neighbor. I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. So the first letter, does anybody have a principle that they'd like to share? And the first one's always the hardest. Does anybody have a principle? that? Yes, we have a hand over here. Jerry? The first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And we'll just do one letter per section. I mean, one one uh, testimony per section. Go ahead. It was the very first one. It says, those are blessed who walk according to the word of God. And I have found that to be true. Amen. Amen. All right. Second letter. How can a young man cleanse his way by te- taking heed according to your word? With my whole heart, I have sought you. Again, notice the personal pronouns. Notice the word of God in almost every verse. If you didn't take that opportunity to read the word. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart. Not just the mind. Not just placing it in my head. Like like sports stats. I mean, there are some people that can just rip off sports stats. It's amazing. Do you know a memory verse? Uh, no, but I can tell you who won the World Series. And you know, I really don't care who won the World Series. Because that really doesn't help my life when I have this problem. If I have a problem, I need the word of God, not a stat. And so for you and I, guys, we need to make sure that we are hiding the word of God in our hearts. And again, if you know all those stats, I'm not bashing that. There's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure that that's not the only thing that you know. That I might not sin. Notice here, here's the principle... Here's the principle that I might not sin against you. This is a, a, you know, just a great question to ask ourselves on a regular basis. Because by taking heed, it means to hedge about, to guard, to protect. Again, by taking heed, by taking heed according to your word, to hedge about, to guard, to protect. The word of God becomes a hedge of protection against the enemy. And it gives us strength to win the battle of sin in our lives. Again, if you're, maybe you're an older saint and you're still struggling in an area of sin, the Word of God will give you that victory. But it's memorizing specific scriptures. It's not just shotgun. Judas went out and hung himself. That's not gonna really help you a whole lot. You gotta memorize specific scriptures of that area of your life that you're having struggles with. Focus and desire. We need that focus and desire in the Word of God. We need to be responsible because in the last last 20 years, it's just been a blame game. Blame game immensely. Um, 12, blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I have declared 
all your judgments of your mouth. Notice that. So we should have the word memorized or meditated so that we could actually share it with someone else. With my lips I have declared. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. And again, there's many, many people that are not rejoicing in the word of God. Matter of fact, they're trying to do away with the word of God. Homosexuality, homosexual lifestyle is becoming prevalent in every country. Promote, promote, promote. There's many countries that are still saying no, 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 no. We're not putting, we're not doing that. But that doesn't mean that it's not trying to be promoted. So we have to know the word of God, not just like, well, no, we don't want that because I don't know why, but we just don't want it. No, no, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. Are we willing to take that stand and rejoice over his testimonies? I will meditate on your precepts or your, another word for precepts there would be principles. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. Because why? Because the ways of God are right. You see, our lives should be so in tune with the word that others take notice. And that might be negative notice. Well, you're a bigot. Well, you're a homophobiac. Well, you're this, you're that. No, I just love God and I love all people. I don't know if you saw it or not, but there was a situation this past week that happened and the media, because the pastor took a stance in the service, in the service, he called somebody out who was cross-dressing. And of course, the media made a big deal about it. How could you do this to an individual? Blah, 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 blah. And then the pastor did his own infomercial and explained that this man was a member of the church and he had been talked to. He had ex- The scriptures explained to him, not once, not twice, but several times, and he still was going to come in and make a statement and the pastor finally took a stand and said, no, because that's what the Bible says to do. The Bible says to do that in front of the whole, that all may fear, have a healthy fear of God. Now, obviously, we don't want to chase anybody out, a visitor or unbeliever. They just don't understand it. We want to be compassionate, explain, love them, because we do love them. We do love them, no matter what they are or what they think. But if they persist, and then they do want to push their agenda on us, that's when the church has to stand up and say, no, not acceptable, not biblical. You're here to cause division or dissension or to infect the sheep. So I'm sorry, you're no longer allowed to participate here. We have to have order. We have to have biblical order. That doesn't mean we don't love anybody or that we're phobia or whatever. No, we love God. And someone has to set the standard and lovingly put that standard out there. Because he goes on to say, I will delight myself in your statutes. Guys, that's for you and me. We're to take delight in that. Not like vengeance. Oh, I really got him with that verse. No, 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 no. That, no, 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 no. We want to lovingly, lovingly correct those who are... Isn't that what Galatians tells us to do? You that are spiritual, come alongside. In other words, those of you who are mature, come alongside those who have fallen, who have made a mistake, and lovingly correct them, lovingly bring them into the fold. That's what we're called to do. But unfortunately, we got this flesh that sometimes wants to get revenge or whatever, and we got to make sure that we keep that in check. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. 
I actually have that verse highlighted. Does anybody have a principle for the second letter? Yes, right down here, Clint. No, wait till he gets to you. We're going to have this on record. So I saw in uh, verse 9 where it says, A young man cleanses his way. And as a non-believer, before I became a believer, I knew my ways were not good with God. And so I desired cleansing. And I still cleanse today by reading of the Word. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. So it's the Word of God that cleansed you. It still does. Amen. All right. Verse 17. And again, notice there's eight verses. And each one of these verses starts with that letter. I mean, that's God. Try to do that with, the, the, with our alphabet. Each verse starting with a B or a C or a D, that's just amazing. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see. Didn't Jesus say something like this to the scribes and the Pharisees? You think you see, but you're blind. So even as believers, we might have really good eyesight, but we're making poor choices, and so in the spiritual world, we're actually blind. Wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. And so notice here the, the, the prayer. God, keep my eyes open. Keep my eyes open. Don't let me go. Basically what he's insinuating is don't let me go down. Here's a principle. Don't let me go down a road where I forsake your word and I become spiritually blind. Please, Lord, don't let me do that. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgment at all times. Isn't that interesting? My soul, my soul, that that longing, that desiring for God's word. And we can see this even today, as in some countries, because the Bible is illegal, they will literally tear apart a Bible and pass pages amongst themselves. They cannot have the whole, because they don't have the whole word of God. And so there's, there's organizations out there that are trying to put Bibles into people's hands, and we actually support organizations like that. So guys, you and I, we're very privileged to have one, not just one. How many of you have more, you personally, just you personally, how many of you have more than one Bible? Raise your hand high. Okay guys, we are blessed. We are blessed. There are millions of believers who do not have one Bible in their hand. And so guys, we just got to take the word of God seriously and realize, wow, you are such a blessing to me, Lord, and your word is such a blessing. Help me, help me, help me. Because my soul breaks or longs or yearns for your judgments at all times. You rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray, notice here, who stray from your commandments. Who stray from your commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt. For I have kept your testimonies. Princesses also sit and speak against me. Notice this here. But your servant meditates on your statutes. So this could be again an indication for Jeremiah being the author. Your testimonies are also my delight. And I love the last part of this verse. And my counselors. So important for you and I today in a a world that we're living in. Um, And again, I I don't want to have anybody come up to me afterwards. There's nothing wrong with counseling. I'm not bashing counseling. Nothing wrong with that at all. We counsel people, but really we disciple because I'm not a counselor. We disciple, but people aren't used to that term. And so we counsel people. But we take people as we counsel, as we disciple, we take people to the word of God. 
we take people constantly to the Word of God. Well, what does the Word of God say? It's not what does Jim say. What does the Word of God say? And if I'm saying the Word of God, or if I'm saying something, and then whatever I say, practical application, can back it up with the Word of God, then that's going to be good counsel. But if it's just shooting from the hip, or, well, I think you ought to do this, or, well, you know, I, I remember someone doing this back in the 60s, so maybe this will work. That's not good counsel. So be very, very careful as you even go to a counselor that you're making sure that the Word of God is first and foremost in your counseling, in your counseling. The word open, in, in early on in the, the section there, it means to uncover or to remove, to uncover cover to remove verses 18 verse 18 there open my eyes that i may see to uncover to remove also in verse 22 the word reproach the word reproach means disgrace and contempt means disrespect remove from me reproach and contempt remove disgrace from me remove disrespect from my life for i have kept your testimonies i just want to stay focused on you And in verse 23, here's a principle here. What a commitment by the psalmist. He wasn't out running around trying to defend his name or get special favors done. He just trusted in the Lord. And if this is Jeremiah who wrote this, if you study Jeremiah, you know that fact to be true. He trusted in the Lord. There was not, as far as I understand, there was not one salvation that came through his ministry. And I believe it was close to 40 years in the ministry. But he trusted in the Lord. He stuck with the word of God. So no matter how desperate it gets in you, in your workplace, or in your life, or whatever it might be, your family members, stick to the word of God. Just stick to the word of God. Because sooner or later it's going to be over. And we're going to step into eternity with the word of God. All right, does anybody have a principle for that letter? Anybody have a principle for that letter? Somebody's pointing over this direction. Whose hand? Oh, right there. This was given to me this morning, Psalm 51, 9 through 13. Don't look, don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart. O God, renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. And the reference again? Psalm 51? Psalm 51, 9 through 13. Thank you. Excellent. 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 Very good. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Next letter. What are we up to? We're up to verse 17, I think, right? No, we're past that. Uh, 25. 25. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. You see, when we are weary... It's the word of God that will revive us. When our spirit is heavy, it is the word that will strengthen us. Again, that's a very important principle. Make me understand the way of your precepts, so shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts with heaviness. Strengthen me. According to your word. And as I just mentioned, I actually have that verse highlighted in my Bible. 
So I encourage you, you know, if you're dealing with anxiety or depression, that is real. If you're dealing with anxiety or depression, get into a regular Bible study as well as a Bible reading schedule. From Genesis to Revelation, get the Word of God in your mind that it will sink down to your heart, your soul, and then that will come back up to your mind and will help you to take every thought captive, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Not to the obedience of you, but to the obedience of Christ. Remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Notice this here. Notice the commitment. I have chosen the way of truth. We're coming up to tax season, aren't we? I have. Give to Caesar the things that belong to Caesar. You'll sleep way better at night. Just give it to Caesar. Romans 13 says to pray for those who are in authority. Don't worry about how they spend it. Just pray that God would give them wisdom and discernment. Just do your part. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. You see, there's two paths. There's one of lying, and there's one of speaking the truth. And you know, one comes quite naturally. For any of you that have children, and maybe they're old now, but when they were little, they didn't have an issue with lying, did they? Two-year-old will look you right in the face and lie to you. You touched that, didn't you? No, I didn't. No, no, not me. You little liar. You just pushed that child. You just took that toy. Not me. No, no, not me. Stinking little liar. They're just little liars. It comes naturally. And then as we get older, we refine it and we we cover it up and we have a way of making it sound really, really good. It's called politics. But the uh, the way of, the way of is so important in verse 30 there. I have chosen the way of truth. The way of, it means a road, a path, a direction. Notice, I have chosen the way of truth. A road, a path, a direction. And you're here this morning because you love God and you love Jesus and you love his word. You have chosen the right way. Praise God. Keep going that way. Keep going that way. All right, does anybody have a principle on those verses? Anybody have a principle on that? 25 through 32. And if there's not, that's okay. We'll just keep going on. Anybody have a principle on that one? Okay. Verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. So for you older saints that have retired in the world, please notice that. There is no such thing as spiritual retirement. I was, I was talking with a brother this past week and, uh, and he was kind of getting excited and, and kind of anxious about his retirement. And I just shared with him, I said, think about this. When is retirement? Retirement in America is really a recent phenomenon. If you really think about it, 50, 60 years ago, it's a recent phenomenon. I mean, a hundred years ago, nobody was thinking about retirement. They were thinking of milking the cow. I got to do the chores. I got to work until what? Until I'm bedridden. Until I die. Retirement. What do you mean retire? Who's going to take care of me? What do you mean retire? And, and But now we have this mentality into our mind that, oh, I deserve to retire. You deserve to retire? Really? Well, maybe you do physically, but in the spiritual world? 
See, older saints, please never check out. Never check out. You are not entitled to retire. And unfortunately, what, what happens many times in our lives is we have something physically going on around us. So then we bring that physical, whatever's around us, into our spiritual walk. Well, I'm retired from the world, so yeah, I'm going to retire in this area. The enemy whispers in our mind, and we're not discipling anyone. We're not spending time out ministering to anyone during the week. We show up on Sunday morning, but the rest of the week is me, 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 me. That's not the word of God. If you have that much time, praise God. Use it wisely. That's great you're retired. There's a lot of people that need Jesus and can use your help. So make sure that you spend your time wisely, you older saints. Give me understanding and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. This is hard. Right there, I have it highlighted. And that's, that is hard for all of us. Do we succeed? No. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Just keep trying. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline, incline my heart to your testimonies. Cause me to long for and not to be, not to covetousness. Again, with the holidays coming up. Oh my word. Our little, you know, we have our four year old grandson living with us and we're trying to teach him with this like, uh, the box, the shoebox ministry and, and, uh, he comes out, he gets his work gloves on, he's got his work boots on. I'm outside working because he wants to make money. I'm teaching him, hey, if you want a toy, you gotta start saving up. We're not buying all your toys. And he's got a specific toy that he wants. So he thinks every time he helps now that he's supposed to get money. Papa, are you paying me? No. And he turns around. I go, where are you going? You're not going anywhere. Get back here. Some things we do for the family. Some things we do for the kingdom of God. Some things we do because we will get paid for it. And so you have to teach all those principles because the flesh is just, oh, if you're not paying me, forget it. No, 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 no. We're family. You're helping me. Get out here. And he is so cute. But he is, he's figuring it out. And some money then we give to the Lord to help other people. Uh, he's not, you know, a four-year-old can't grasp that concept. But you at least want to try to apply, try to help them to understand so they don't become covetousness. Every time they go down the toil, what can I get? Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted to fearing you. Again, that healthy reverence. Turn away my reproach which I dread, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Isn't this amazing? You keep hearing this over and over and over again. And I know you guys get tired of me saying every week over and over and over again, read from Genesis to Revelation. I know you get tired of hearing that. But I'm not going to stop because that's what the Bible says we should do. And again, our flesh doesn't want to do that. Well, i got too many other things to do. I could have that exact same excuse, guys. I'm flesh just like you. But I've developed that pattern in my life. And so when I go a day or two without doing that, it's like something's not right. Something's not right in here. Something's not right. And that's a healthy not right. Not like legalism. Oh, i got to read. No, it's like, man, I, I miss spending time with you, Lord. Man, not for you, for me. So you need to do that as well for yourself. Spend that time with the Lord. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. Anyone have a principle on that one? See a hand over here. 
way over there. I'm going to make you work, Clint. Oh, look at this guy run. He does, man. Back in the, very in the back. So verse 37, turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive, revive me in your ways. really spoke to me that I can, if I get on um, Facebook or turn on the TV, it can take a lot of time and take time that I'm like, I could be using this time praying or reading my Bible. So worthless things, there's nothing good in it where if I spend time in the Word and just reading and praying, it could revive me. Amen. Amen. Great, great principle right there. Great principle. So making, evaluating how much time you're spending on whatever that might be you're spending, whether it's a, a hobby or social media. And especially for you younger saints, um, you're being sucked into that social media. That's, that's your generation. Be very, very careful. Evaluate your time. All right, verse 41. Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me for, again, notice, I trust in your word. This is so important for you and me in this day we're living in. Seeing the mercy of the Lord builds a testimony amongst the believer as well as the unbeliever. And trusting in the Lord is absolutely the best way to go by trusting in the Lord, by trusting in his word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. So shall I keep your law continually forever and ever. Notice continually there, day and night. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I seek your precepts. I will speak of your testimonies also before kings. So again, this is maybe a real good insinuation for Jeremiah. And will not be ashamed. And so even for us with maybe our employers, again, they don't employ us to evangelize. They employ us to work. But if you do get called in or you have time after or lunch or a break, not to be afraid if your boss asks you something. Because again, I know that we all have that fear of, uh uh-oh, what might he do if I say this? Maybe I won't get a raise, or maybe I won't get that promotion, or maybe I'll lose my job. No, don't be afraid of man. Keep that healthy respect of God. Because you're not going to lose that job. God has you there. And when God's done with you being there, then God's going to open the door and say, No, I need you over here now. Go over there. But don't be afraid. But again, I really want to stress this because this can go south really fast. Um, you're not there to evangelize during work hours. You're there to work during work hours. Be the best employee on the job site. Uh, so shall I keep your law continually? I walk at liberty. Read that. Verse 47, I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. Guys, I, I said at the very beginning, and maybe some of you didn't think that, but as you're reading this now, and I'm slowing down and reading it out loud, maybe it's clicking what I'm mentioning, that the universal church, there's not a love for the word of God. There's not, unfortunately. And if you're doing any reading, which you should be doing, just to educate yourself a little bit, there are some crazy churches out there endorsing some very crazy things that are going against the word of God, even under the banner of Christianity. 
So we have to know the word of God so that we don't go down that road. No, I love your, I love your word. I love your commands. My hands also I will lift up to your commandments, giving that praise, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. You know, there's a, an earthly phrase. It's an old one. Maybe they don't say it anymore, but in my generation, um, you can be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Or, hey, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. It, it's really goofy saying, but people would say it. I would rather say, if you're not heavenly minded, if we just constantly think about ourselves and our day, and just get that schedule in our minds, and then just go throughout the day, missing maybe those divine appointments that God has for us. Um, just popped into my mind, a brother was sharing me a couple weeks ago, he was at a, a gas station, and there was someone else, a, a gal was pumping at, at another pump, he just felt, you know, I, I need to go over and talk with her, he went over and talked with her, and you know how that could go south really fast. But he's an older guy, so she didn't, it, it went good. And, uh, and, and then they got done. They actually went aside because she started crying. He just started ministering to her, gave her the gospel of John. She had, a, I think, a child or two in the car. I forget the whole story, all the details. She received Christ in the parking lot because this guy took a few moments to minister. But we, including myself, we can get so caught up in our schedules that we, we miss those divine appointments. So let's make sure that we love the Lord, we love his word so much that we're ready for those divine appointments. Even when they come at maybe a a time that's really not in our schedule, being flexible enough. All right, does anybody have something for that? Does anybody have something, a, a principle for that? Hi. So for me, what I did is, even though I know some of these words really well, I really looked up their description. So for me, precept was kind of an expectation, what what God expects. And then I looked up the word liberty, and it said the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life, behavioral, political views. And then it all linked in with with ashamed, and so I feel like, well, if I know what God expects, and he gives me that liberty to do it, I should not be ashamed. I should speak boldly because God tells me that it's right. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Good stuff. Amen. Uh, Verse 49. Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction. Notice, for your word has given me life. So for those of you who are maybe going through a very, very hard time right now, whatever that might be, economic, emotional, physical, spiritual, this is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. And what puffs into my mind is um, 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, that God is the God of all comfort. God is the God of all comfort. But oftentimes we forsake his word because we try to find it in southern comfort or something like that. The word of God. The word of God. You see, the proud have me in great derision, yet I do not turn aside from your law. I remembered your judgments of old, O Lord. Notice that, thinking back, history. 
and have comforted myself. Looking back into our lives and seeing, God, you took care of me then, you took care of me then, you are going to take care of me now. Man, this is, this is the scariest part of my life, but I can look back and you took care of me. Thank you. Thank you that you're comforting me right now, but as I continue to go back into your word. Indignation has taken hold of me because of the wicked who forsake your law. So that righteous anger, which Jesus even displayed, righteous anger. It, it doesn't come on very often, but it's okay to have it. And when you have it, even as Jesus had it, he didn't continue in it. He made a point and then went back to uh, loving even those who did not love him. Your statues have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. And you hear me say this quite often, but I think this is really important. Please, I encourage you to have praise going on in your house, listening to Christian music. And I know people have different styles of music they like. That's between you and the Lord. I'm just encouraging you, encouraging you. Have praise music being played because there is strength as the word is being proclaimed, even in songs. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and I keep your law. Um, I woke up at 4 o'clock this past week and I couldn't sleep. And I just sometimes when I wake up, I, my brain just starts thinking about things that need to be done. And so what I've learned to do is, is get up and read the word. Just get up and read the word. And it, it calms my mind. And I can usually end up falling back to sleep right there in the lazy boy. It's amazing how the word of God will put you to sleep. So it's a good thing. I love it. This has become mine because I kept your precepts. And we'll make this the last one. Does anyone have a principle on this one? A hand. Way in the back, Clint. And we'll make this your last jog. Way in the back. Our grandson has been in ICU for the past 11 days. and He is getting better and the Lord has been our comfort. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you and praise you for so many principles that we can find in your word. And the world will mock us and ridicule us. And and I just pray for the next generation, Lord, especially in this room right now, these, these younger saints that are most likely getting ridiculed even by their schoolmates or getting ridiculed over social media. Lord, I pray that you give them strength, even as we just spent the last 40 minutes, 45 minutes, seeing how applicable and how practical your word is. Probably 2,400 years ago, this was written, 2,500 years ago. And here we are in 2018, and it's still applicable. It's still practical. It's still meat. Father, we thank you for that. And for all of us, whether we're the oldest saint in this room or the youngest saint in this room, that we would do as this psalmist is expressing to us, even as we go into this next week, he just, man, he just says it over and over again. I love your word. I love your word. I love your word. Father, help us to develop that in our own lives as well. That whatever comes into our lives, anxiety or depression or joy, tears of joy or tears of sorrow, whatever the case may be, that we'll just go to your word. Because that's our love relationship with you. And we will find the answer in your word. The answer of praise, of adoration, of thankfulness, 
of rejoicing, even in those afflicted times. For we know that you chasten those whom you love, you discipline, and that you work all things together for the good, not just a few things, all things for good, for our good, individually, as well as corporately. Father, we just thank you for this time. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Why don't we all stand and we'll see if we finish it up next week. We probably will, but if not, it's the word of God. Thank you guys for sharing. Excellent stuff. And for those of you who didn't have the opportunity, or I encourage you again, read it this week and look for principles. Look for principles in the word of God. Probably won't see you, so have a blessed Thanksgiving. And uh, happy holidays. Uh, I know you guys weren't ready for that. You just you're just waking up from your nap. <laughs> Happy holidays. Amen. Amen.